Welcome back to Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, today we are sitting down, we are chatting with Ultra Runner, uh, Iowan, um, past Wartburg football man, uh, Derek Snakenberg. Uh, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. We kind of hit on a lot of those different topics uh, throughout. Um, I got a chance to go for a run with Derek when he came out here to uh, the Denver, Colorado area um, earlier this year. And it was awesome, man. I loved going for a run with that guy. He joined uh, me and my buddy Tim Barr on our Wednesday morning trail run up North Table Mountain. Uh, And then Derek left that run and continued having like an epic day of running and exploring different parts of Denver um, and the Denver area. Uh, And he describes it as the perfect day, uh, which it's hard to even argue against. It sounds like the perfect day when you just get to go out your door and put the shoes on and just go for a run and you just keep moving forward. Uh, It sounds awesome. And, you know, I think that was back in August. So it was a beautiful, beautiful weather, beautiful day. Um, But I think the thing that I came away with uh, from running with Derek is just his enthusiasm and excitement on ultra running. Um, And then as we got to talking, we realized we had a whole lot in common, both of us being from Iowa. And in fact, he played football at the uh same like smaller college uh Wartburg College that I played at for a year um and I think he came we'll talk about in the episode I think he came either I think he came the year after I left um but we knew obviously a whole bunch of the same people and had a whole bunch of the same coaches and had like a really um similar experience so it's just fun because I haven't got an opportunity to talk about that year of my life. I played for one year, my freshman year at Warburg College, and then I transferred to University of Iowa from there. Um, and I hadn't got a chance to really talk about my football time at Warburg with someone who would know what the heck I was talking about. Um, <laughs> so we talk a little bit about that in this episode. And then Derek has kind of... Um, transferred all of that energy into uh, triathlons, Ironman, um, and then also becoming an ultra runner. And it kind of all culminated in his very first 100 miler at the Mines of Spain 100 in Dubuque, Iowa. So anyways, this is an awesome episode. I hope you all enjoy. Derek, thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, let's jump into it. This is Like a Bigfoot podcast number 369 with Derek Snakenberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to have Derek Snakenberg on the podcast this week. Uh, Derek is an incredible ultra runner, Ironman triathlete, uh, dad, just an all around amazing dude from the great state of Iowa. And also, you're like a Colorado, like, uh, I don't know how to describe you, like, you're Fanatic. from Iowa, you love Colorado, <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on, man. Yep, yeah, proud to be from Iowa, and 
proud to say that I lived in Colorado for almost two and a half years. Heck yeah, man. So, well, and you're going to be hopefully coming back for some races uh, in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, we definitely get back to Colorado at least once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, and I met, I met Derek. Uh, he came out and we did like a group run in the morning. And I have to say, I really appreciated just being able to go for a run with you and all that. But also you brought fresh sweet corn, like at the peak sweet corn season. So I was like yep. psyched for that. And uh, the Iowa Swarm Exile beer. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. You know how, uh, you know, coming out, visiting beer and corn, that's all you got to have. Yeah, well, I have to make it like a yearly thing that I just bring bring some sweet corn on the way out and get a run in and go do some other fun things. Yeah, well, if I remember correctly, you joined my friend Tim and I on our our Wednesday morning trail run, yep. like at five in the morning or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then you just after that, you added like 20 more miles. Um, yeah. Can you just remind me, like, what was that route? And what was yeah, that like? so we my wife's friend was having a baby shower that weekend and she and two of our kids, we have four kids, uh, ages eight, six, three, and one. You're, um, you're, uh, an inspiration, my man. And, uh, three of them all have birthdays in like the first week of September. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to kind of keep track of them, but so, so yeah, we went out there for a baby shower or at least, they were flying, two of them were flying with her, and I was driving the minivan with all of our stuff just so we had, you know, the luxury of the minivan to run around Colorado in. So I was going to leave like a day earlier and get out there and do all the running around that I wanted to do and go where I wanted to before they got there. And I could go pick them up at the airport when they flew in. Yeah. So that, that morning, I went met up with you guys, and what we'd run, like, we ran five Seven, or six miles, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah caught the sunrise got a cool picture of that and then uh i did my tour to denver afterwards so we left what was it, um table rock yeah it's north table yeah. mountain table table mountain yeah and then we and then i went straight to red rocks <laughs> so i was like ah, i gotta go to red rocks and get in there before all the other yoga people get in there and clog it up so i was like ah, i'll go i'll go run this area at red rocks real quick so i went went there and then, you know, did the whole top to bottom and then bottom back to top, you know, so it tacked on like an extra six miles or something. So you just, was, did you just zigzag? Through yeah, I just, I just zigzagged in and out all the way down. And then I just hung out there for a little bit. Just kind There's of always like in. yoga people. And then there's like one person just straight up squat jumping and skipping yeah, stairs so, somehow, you know what I mean? The Indian guy with like long black hair, he was like rolling down the thing. Like he would do a burpee and then like roll down to the next one and do a burpee and then like roll down to the next one. That's awesome. Dude, there is something so cool about just going. It's been a while since I've gone there in the morning when everyone's working out, but just going yeah. there and just seeing the various ways people work out. Like it's just a oh, wonderful thing. They you can know? think of everything. They're like oh, scaling yeah. the, the planners to you just bringing their own thing out there. I'm just like, yeah. Dude, I was going to say, scaling the planners, like, I feel like you get a great workout. Jump up, pull oh, yeah. up, you know, yep. and then get yourself up that. I'm I'm pretty simple. I'll do some, like, push-ups on the steps and then, you know, some, like, lunges or whatever. Just some easy stuff. But yeah, I'm usually yeah. in and out because it's just, it's changed so much since when I was out there. Like, the whole platform and the stage and everything and the, the people that are there. Like, I used to go out there, like, every single morning to run. 
And I was like the only one out there like at 6 a.m. And then now it's just like, there's like 40 or 50 people. And then it's like within an hour, there's like a hundred people out there and it's, it's kind of getting like crammed. It's like, oh, maybe I'll just go run somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful <clears throat> though. Like it's one of the most like unique and beautiful places to be out here. Yeah. I think. It is. I, I love it. Colorado is my favorite state. You know, I haven't been to all of the other states, but Colorado's <laughs> definitely my favorite. But so you did that. So you did these two workouts, but you weren't done yep. yet. You just kept nope. going because this was what, from my perspective, here's what happened. I went to school and started teaching it during was, the day. It was the first day of school for you guys. Was it really? No way. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'll tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what happened this year. Here's how I started my year. You ready for this? Yep. I walk i don't have a first period so first period doesn't like i just have a planning period or whatever second period comes in before i can even say a word to any students like introduce myself talk about expectations all this a kid runs up he's like mr ward i spilled my mountain dew on the ground everywhere and i was like i i haven't even had the chance to tell you not to bring mountain dew to class yeah. And so the bell rings and me and this kid are on the floor, like mopping up Mountain Dew. And I'm like, everybody have a seat, uh, you know, trying to keep it together. But uh, yeah, rule but number yeah, one, so no pop, no pop. So chaos <laughs> was ensuing. Um, and then later in the day, I checked my phone. I'm like, Derek just kept running like everywhere in Denver. Yeah. So from Red Rocks, I had the minivan. So I jumped back in the minivan. And then uh, drove over by Denver University. There's a Brugger's Bagels, like right on the corner, kind of there. <laughs> like Mustard's Last Stand, you know where that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that place. I haven't been there, but it's like, oh, that's great. It's the like best name for a hot dog place. <laughs> and then, uh, so I had a quick bagel and a Gatorade and the coffee there just to kind of refuel. And then I drove to uh, over to Wash Park from there. And I parked the van like kind of off on the side. And it's like so confusing Wash Park is now because I used to like be able to go drive in one way and like park where, wherever you want. But it's like, yeah. you can only go in one way now. And I'm like, how the heck do I get in here? It's like, <laughs> so I, I just parked off on a side street and yeah, ditched, ditched the van and put on my running pack and grabbed a credit card and my ID and a bunch of like gels and goos and just loaded up for the day and I took off from there and just, I don't know why my plan was from wash park. I was going to run to, I did a loop around wash park and then I ran, I think I went downtown from there. Oh, okay. I went, yeah. I, ju I jumped on the cherry Creek trail, ran over. Cause I used to have my, when I lived there, I lived on, this apartment complex called the High Line on Cherry Creek, and the Creek Trail went right around the back of our place. So I would just like jump down in there and then ride my bike the longest way over to Wash Park to go work out. So I got back on that trail, and then took that all the way downtown to um, basically um, Ball Arena, and then got you know off of the trail there, and then went from like Ball Arena hit up um meow wolf went by there went by you should have ran through meow wolf and just like tripped out i always want to go but it's like the tickets for like one person's like 60 bucks and it's like it's crazy we took my yeah. daughter for her birthday i think and it was really funny it is so overstimulating if you don't know what meow wolf is it's like an art 
Yeah, and it's like there's probably like a fancy it, word for it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just like it's like a a trip on mushrooms in it really tie dye is. colors. It's with, like, there's dude, like a, there's like what there's a station wagon or something in there, and it's all spray painted and it's basically like it's kind of it's a cool concept. They took all these like local artists and then gave them a section of this giant like museum sized building, mm-hmm. and they just make like these really cool weird things that you're walking through and you're like a part of and this one feels like you're on the set of like blade runner like a sci-fi movie it is wild but we took my kids we took my kids there and i remember it's so overstimulating like colors and just all these things to look at that when we walked outside and i looked up and the sky was gray and everything was gray and nothing was colorful I i remember my daughter getting home being like i want to go back to me and i'm like oh you're back in the real world sweetie but uh no someday we'll take the kids there but it's like if we we go out to colorado it's like we're gonna we're here to see the mountains and get yeah. outside we're not we're not gonna go in there but i'll exactly. take my wife there sometime yeah yeah check it out but dude man so, i we gotta do like the Derek snakenberg denver tour you know what i mean yeah like, it was this work long it was a long day. It was awesome though, but it was like the perfect day for me because I had nobody to bother me. I had all the time in the world. I just went from gas station to gas station and kind of filled up whatever with whatever I wanted. And yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> so from so from Mal Wolf that that bridge it goes between Mal Wolf and uh, Bronco Stadium across that, and then I dipped down into the Broncos parking lot. And Ed Sheeran concert was going on that weekend or that following day. So they yeah. were like all setting up the security was just like, can't come in here. So I was just like, I just want to go to the team store. And I'm obviously out here running because I got like my running vest on <laughs> with the, with my water bottles in it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to the team store. I know what's right up here. He's like, it's closed. You can't go up there. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to get closer because I got to take a picture of the stadium to put on my Instagram yeah, story to yeah. let everybody know like, where i'm going i can't just take a picture from a mile away and be like, yep, i went there yeah yeah so i kept ducking this like security guy he was like out there on his like folding chair you know like <laughs> telling people where they can and can't go so i yeah. kept like running around the perimeter and i'd like sneak in one way where the light rail dumps off you know by the the one road over there so i like yeah. stuck in there and i got up on the where the team store actually is and i could see him like walking up the steps towards me. It's like, Oh, quick, take a picture. And I would run around the backside of the stadium. <laughs> and then I jumped up on, I think it's federal up on there. Yeah. So I was like trying to avoid this guy at all costs. Dude. I love that. That guy thought you were like the biggest Ed Sheeran fan. And like, this was the most complicated way ever. Someone was going to get into a concert, yeah. you know? Yeah. I was just like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to get into the team store. Just don't mind me. <laughs> Well, there is other stories of you sneaking into the Broncos stadium, which we'll have to share oh, at some yeah. point because that True. was wildly entertaining. But I have to say, like, so what do you think? Because you're describing this. And to me, I'm like, this also sounds like the greatest day of all time. <laughs> but to other people, they might be like, I don't know why you would spend a whole day just running around like a lunatic, uh, you know, nonstop. But can you describe it? Like, what is it about this day of freedom that really like, you know, and 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 combining that with like a physical thing like running that really like lights you up or whatever? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just as a parent, your time 
and your day is so scheduled and it, like time is so precious. It's like in the morning, I try to wake, wake up and work out every single morning, but sometimes, you know, life happens and jobs happen and you don't make it every morning. So it's yeah. like, I know I have a 4am to 6am window. It's like, that is my window to get anything that I want to get done. No one else is going to bother me because you know, the kids don't miss me when they're sleeping. Yeah, but if I yeah. try to do that after work, it's like now I'm kind of cutting into their day, and they don't get to see me. So it's like th- this is this is just the 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 bread and butter of my time to get it done what I want to do. But it's just no one's bothering me. Like I'm in my own head. I'm in my own thoughts. Like I'm in. I'm running around Denver. I'm in Colorado. It's peaceful. It's sunny out. It's the just the perfect day. Like nobody can bother me unless I get hit by a car, and then I'll have problem but it was just that was like the best the best day that i had like it's just it was perfect yeah i mean i i'm right with you it's funny that when you get time off and by time off i mean time off as a dad uh you're like i just have all this time and i can just go. And I think running for me is like, I just get a go and I don't really have to think about anything except one foot in front of the other. And it's just like a nice space from being so busy that I can't even think like there's days where I'm so busy. I'm like, dude, I don't even get a chance to like sit and like sit with my thoughts at all, you know? And yeah, man, I'm with you that it's just, it's this, uh, it's almost this like freedom that, Mm -hmm when in you know and i love being a dad and that's like my main thing that really brings me joy in all this but you do need to switch it up every once in a while and you just get this freedom from that you kind of like took for granted uh in your time before kids you know because you're like oh Oh, the freedom of time you know is is something you just might not have had or might not have and if if i i if i do get the chance or opportunity to work out like when i come home from work and they are home it's like it's just like i have to get this work done, or i'm, I'm gonna go out for a quick run i always have this guilty conscience like i should be home i shouldn't yeah. be out here like I, it just the energy is pulling me out of the workout and it's putting me back into the house i'm just like i it's just it's a terrible feeling and i feel like i don't get anything done and it's just i leave that workout feeling like i just i cheated myself because i didn't wake up in the morning or i just should skip the day or should have just done something at home with while they were there or, yeah. Cause I try to take them out with me if I can, like if, if I'm like, Hey, like it's, we still got f- four hours of sunlight. Like, let's go jump on your bike and let's go outside and do something when I get home. And so I just sit inside and watch TV. I know, man. Well, we're at the time of year we're recording this in January. It is like the sit inside. It's, <laughs> it's so hard, man. It's so dark at like four 30. You're like, I get yeah. home with the kids and I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, besides taking them to their sporting events or activities, but beyond that, like yeah. we got in a nice hike today and I'm like, this is the best. I just wish we could do this at least three times a week would be great. The days are getting longer. That's it's, it's coming. We're making it. We're making yeah. it. Well, I want to hear a little bit, like, I know you're a lot like me in very weird ways, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I know that I experienced I like experiencing the world and life like 
like physically like through physicality and stuff like that and i think sports had a lot to do with that growing up Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of morphed into more like adventure based but uh but can i hear what like what led you to ultra running led you to being an athlete and all that stuff yeah so i mean just growing up in small town iowa and going to high school it's like you just you you do every sport you do everything that they have to offer just you do what your friends do and you do what's available so yeah i did you know football wrestling track golf baseball and then you know as i got older i just i kind of subbed out golf for track a little bit more some more football stuff because that's basically what track was at our high school is just extended workout of football yeah yeah and then and then uh just went to college and did you know, D3 football at Wartburg. And then after that, that's when I moved to Colorado. And that's kind of where I got into, to, I would say, I don't want to say ultra running, but I did my first half marathon was the Colpax marathon. And I mean, from there, I just, it just kind of stepped from, you know, a half marathon to, you know, another couple half marathons to eventually my first full marathon was the Des Moines marathon. And then and just like, well, what other marathons are there? And then I yeah. started going, doing all these other marathons. And then it's like, well, now that I've done, you know, five or six marathons, how about, you know, uh, half Ironman? That was when it came to Des Moines. And I was like, well, since it's here, you know, I've always wanted to do, I've done several like super small triathlons, yeah, but nothing, nothing bigger than a half, like a half Ironman. So when it came to Des Moines, I was like, well, it's here in our backyard. I have to do it. It's yes. Just, be bad if i let it just slip by me <laughs> yeah so and I, just so know, it just kind of built up huh? yeah half iron man turned into you know the next year they did the full iron man and then the next year i you know jumped back down to half iron man but then i did the full wisconsin iron man and i'm doing that half again for des moines this year but it just one thing led to the other which led to the other and it's just like well, i have all these huge stepping stones of endurance events it's like well what's the next best thing and it's like i have to do 100 yeah i did the 50 did a 50 miler i have to do a 100 miler yeah so it's just like okay now i did a 50 or the 100 miler what do i do after another 100 miler <laughs> you start knocking out like all the closest 100 milers within us so it's like i've been looking at ones in wisconsin looking at okay. ones in illinois looking at ones in colorado ones in minnesota so, so you you got your eyes on the 100 huh yeah i'll do another 100 Okay. All right. Well, I want to get there eventually, but I want to go back to Wartburg College for a second. So um, I also went to Wartburg and I think I missed you there by like one year. So I played football. I was a D tackle. You were a D end. I was a D end. Yep. Yep. We probably, we had coach Tui. Coach Tui was probably your, uh, maybe he wasn't. I had Coach but, Lewis. I had this yeah, guy, Coach Lu- Lewis, Lu- yes, yes. shaved head, intense yep. dude. I learned so much football from that guy. Was but... Lewis the defensive coordinator at the time before? Because I think it moved to his name was Joel Detweiler after Lewis. He, oh, man, I can't remember, but I know Coach Lewis was our D line coach. And here's the things yeah, I remember yeah. about him he had a shaved head. He was like in great shape. Like that dude probably was an endurance athlete, you know? Um, and he was really good at 
doing the yo-yo he would do yo-yo tricks all the time and he was like my dad oh, yeah. used to work for like the yo-yo company or something he and, was everything yeah. you could think of like for a defensive coach like he just nailed all of the stereotypes <laughs> he was that guy yeah man well and i was never a d defensive lineman in high school i was always a linebacker but wartburg had these like little dudes that would shoot gaps and so i was probably like 200 and 10 pounds as a D tackle against like these full on, like 310 pound O linemen, like full grown men. And it was just me, like an 18 year old coming up, like, here we go. Yeah. Just getting crushed every single day, just demolished. But dude, I have to say like that, that whole experience was really meaningful to me because and I think for everybody, like when you go into your freshman year of college, like you're leaving home, you're leaving parents, you're leaving comfort, stability, all that stuff. And you're going, I went to a completely new town I'd never been to. And I was thrown into this football program with like a hundred other people. And it just, it was a meaningful time. You know, you kind of just like are thrown out there and you got to like sink or swim on your own, you know? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't, the freshman class that I went in with, they were doing the whole Wartburg, the, the W complex. So it was all under construction. This huge, you know, athletic <laughs> yeah. building with the basketball courts and tennis courts and the yeah. swimming pool and the weight room and this huge amenity thing that was supposed to be, you know, nobody had it back. But now it seems like that's what everybody has. But we had like 110, 115 freshmen coming into this class. So it was just packed full of people and we didn't have locker rooms. We had like a space underneath of the bleachers where we <laughs> would hang our football pads and our helmet up and everything. And it was, they had laundry loops with like, you know, the clip that you just kind of feed your clothes through. So when you throw it in the laundry, everything's on the same loop. And then, I mean, there's all these guys and there's all like just bears going into this thing, trying to find their laundry room and, it was just chaos. Like, it was so like disorganized, but it was just like getting thrown to the wolves and trying to survive. And it's hot and it's just, people are quitting and it's, it's super hard. And yeah, it's probably the, like the hardest thing that I you know ever did. Cause like, here I am just this, you know, little, this guy coming out of small town, Iowa, and then getting tossed in here with all these guys. And it's just like, Physically, it was hard, and mentally, it was hard. And you know, staying in a super small dorm room with two big, fat, sweaty guys with no AC, and and then you get, you know, like you get the buffet of you know cafeteria food. So it's like pizza and macaroni and fried chicken, and at you know, at will. It's like you don't know really how know how to eat. So you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna have three glasses of chocolate milk for breakfast, and then I'm gonna load up, and I'm gonna have you know, cheeseburger and chicken for lunch and it's yeah. like you offer practice and it's just like it's just it's a huge learning thing and it's just, you're like the milk was a bad choice yeah <laughs> yeah definitely but i just i remember going in my freshman year with all those guys and it, like every day there'd be they would go through the roll call and it's like this person quit this person quit this person quit yeah. and it's just like god i hope that's not me i hope that's not me i don't want to quit i don't want, I don't want to you know let everybody down it's like just i'm not gonna quit i'm not gonna quit i'm gonna keep trying and it's like just just don't quit just keep going yeah yeah but that was kind of the the mentality you know 
basically for four years because i mean i think we graduated that class with like maybe 10 guys out of the hundred and some yeah yeah <laughs> dude it, that's it was crazy wild, man well so real quick i want before i do want to hear i want to hear like your top like two or three Wartburg college memories, uh, just for my own, like, I'm excited to hear it, but, uh, did you all work out? So they tore that whole workout facility down while I was there. And yep. I the, the remember white, your, the white building that was over by Joe's. Cause I think it's what you're talking about. Are you talking about? So they put the weight room in like a house, like somebody's yeah, house. That they was, like bought a house. Yeah, there was a parking lot by Joe's Nighthawk is that white house. And yes. it was like just a regular ranch style, like three, two bedroom house. And I don't know if they knocked a bunch of walls <laughs> yes, down or what, yes. but yeah, they had like three or four benches in there and a squat rack. And you're just like doing this in a, in a living room. But when, when we got there, we carried all the weights out of that, <laughs> that, junk house yeah. over like half a mile away so it's like well here's all these guys that show up and then you know they're trying to show off to all these other guys it's like of course like there's one guy that's carrying like 245 pound plates he's like <laughs> just like trying not to break a sweat but he's like shaking like a leaf because he's just like <laughs> trying not to show how weak he is yeah dude i i just remember like for my own running journey I remember, so I made it through a whole season. So I didn't quit during the season. I'll say that to give myself props, I guess. But yeah, that uh, I decided that, you know, I just, I, I wanted to play rugby and I wanted to go to Iowa. My girlfriend was at Iowa and that was like an hour and a half away. I was like, this is kind of, you know, crazy driving back and forth a bunch and stuff. So anyways, just a long story. But so I did, I made it through the season and then quit but i remember being at that house working out one night and it was like dark out it's in the middle of winter and i remember leaving the house being like i should get in shape by like going for runs you know maybe i should give this running thing a shot and i remember putting my headphones in and going out for like a mile and a half maybe two miles maybe and feeling like i was going to die and yeah. that was kind of like the start like the first whatever checkpoint of me trying to like do endurance stuff and i just remember how horrible it felt and how glad i was when i got back to that little tiny house with the weight room in it uh but <laughs> but yeah man it's just yeah that was a great place dude and uh the whole football program was a great program and all that yeah they still are they they went to the final four this year yeah they were fantastic and i know your class specifically was really good because all the guys i went in there with uh i think it was their senior year or something you guys just like had an awesome season yeah they, they've been doing really well yeah can you so what give me like one or two memories from that that like stick out oh from the football program or from the warburg program or though just the whole warburg in general whatever you want man <laughs> whatever you and if you want to mention tyson salzberger you know oh, you can throw yeah, tyson can, out there you know uh oh, so the yeah tyson the my very first impression that i got at tyson we, we were in under the bleachers digging through these giant industrial you know like carts looking for our like laundry loop and of course yeah. it's like down to crunch time, but they got like three minutes to get dressed before warm-up started. If you don't make warm-ups and you're like late, then they're going to make a mockery out of you in front of everybody. So it's like, I'm digging through like, where's my laundry loop? I got to find my clothes to get everything on. And then here comes Tyson, like through the door, 
and blur- just blurting out something, just screaming, yelling. He's just like, who is this grown man with a mustache coming in here? That was, yeah, that was my the first time I saw Tyson. So Tyson, Tyson and his brothers were legitimately like three of the best athletes in Muscatine High School mm-hmm. history. They were so fantastic. He, he was the middle, um, but his older brother took us up to like our best season as a high school. Um, and Tyson single-handedly kind of won us the greatest game of my whole entire career where we were down like 19-7 in the fourth quarter and then came back and won 20 to, 20 to 19 on like a fourth down play. And Tyson just like carried the team on his back in that game and just crushed it. And then his youngest brother, uh, great athlete as well, like I ended up playing rugby with at Iowa. So yeah, that whole family is yeah. just like, they're just what you imagine when you imagine a football player, just good, just good. Yeah, intense uh you know a little bit cocky you know no, but definitely just, but like well tyson's, cockiness you know tyson's the hype man you want on your team like yes. that's the guy he's the perfect hype man that you just he nails it <laughs> yeah yeah that's amazing man well yeah dude uh you know any other like big memory from that experience and then moving and then we'll move on to your ultra running and stuff no, just just the friendships that I made with those guys there. I still talk to a bunch of the guys, and some of them live out in Denver. But I mean, we I I keep in touch with them basically on a weekly basis, and just through Snapchat and Facebook, whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's just it was awesome. I'm so glad that I stuck it out, and I'm still friends with those guys. And yeah. even though I you know didn't I wasn't a starter, and that was fine. It's just being with the guys and putting in the hard work and lifting the weights. And that was, that was what I wanted. Yeah. Well, I want to hear like, you know, going from a sport like that, a uh, team sport into triathlons and into ultra running where you are by yourself. Like it's a, I would say it's not a community or it's not a team sport. It's more of a community sport yeah. where, you know, you're not necessarily, on the same team, quote unquote, but even when you're out there as an individual, you're a part of this bigger community. Um, can you kind of like talk about like your experiences with that idea a little bit? Yeah. So just like after the transition from college to the real, real world to uh, just finding an outlet that, you know, made me feel good. So like, I remember when I lived in Denver after I had several jobs out there that are, were terrible. We won't get into them, but I would go to Wash Park and I was like, ah, I really should, you know, do something to be active. So like I would ride my bike to Wash Park and then, you know, do a loop around Wash Park and then go into the little rec center there and go work out. But just being able to exert myself or spend, spend my energy somewhere that just yeah. it made me feel good. Like at the end of the day, like I was exhausted. Like I missed that going to bed like super tired and just felt like you, you just pushed your body to what it had, had for the day. You know, you just, you didn't leave anything on the table and you just, you did the best that you could do. But I mean, there's some days it's like, I don't go and work out or I won't go and, and run and I'll try to go to bed. and just like, I got all of this energy <laughs> still. Like I, like the sponge is still full. I did not ring the sponge today. I like so that. So it's just I gotta I, I gotta wring that sponge out and go to bed dry. I like that, man, because I'm with you. Yeah. I have it's crazy to think about the amount of energy we spend in a day, especially doing endurance stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
you get you <clears throat> you get used to it and then when you're not doing it it kind of like messes with your whole system you know yeah and it, it's i i don't i'm not myself if i don't go and work out you know it's just i my my thinking and my mental clarity it's it's everything for me and just like it's it's such a habit to me now it's like i have to have it or if i don't have it it's like it's guaranteed to be a bad day yeah yeah so what got you interested in like I mean, it seemed like it was kind of a slow progression in the marathons yep. and half marathons, but like, was there anything that like inspired you or got you interested in even trying to take on, you know, the longer distance stuff? Uh, so one of the jobs I had in Denver was working for Muscle Milk. And I'm not sure what year you moved out there, but I probably handed you a bottle of Muscle Milk somewhere <laughs> along the, the way at either a ski resort or a gym or somewhere we used to drive around those jeep wranglers with the muscle milk bottle on top yeah and we would just basically hand out muscle milks to people of you know trying to grow the brand that was yeah. my job yeah so i, I uh you would you just was, pull up randomly and yeah we'd like... go to go to gyms we went to the denver skate park and just you know try to educate some people on the power of protein and you know <laughs> what it's it says it contains no milk, but it says muscle milk. <laughs> Explained. Yeah. yeah. What is that? I don't understand. So anyway, well, there was this guy, his name, I think his name is Maddie. He was a um, triathlete on like, um, like team USA or something. He was in the Olympics. Maddie, his nickname was like Maddie boom, boom. I can't remember his last name, but he had a, um, like a, I don't want to say yogurt shop, but it was like a, all I have to say is Maddie uh, Boom Boom is a freaking awesome nickname, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think what he's, it was, uh, fro I don't want to say, it's you know, like the... The frozen yogurt or whatever? Or... Yeah, yeah. He he had a shop like that in Boulder, and he, he owned it, and it was basically, you know, like some protein options and the muscle milk, you know, section, and then, you know, whatever else that he had. But he was just this super good triathlete and we got to do some like you know uh meet and greets with him in front of the store and kind of got to know like that guy and it's like yeah i'm doing an iron man he's like super good like he's competing and podium and yeah it's just like what i'm like I'm about to run my first half marathon so that's pretty cool so yeah you know he, like that just seeing that guy he was like triathlete people are just like the body shapes of triathletes are super tall. They're super skinny, but they can run so fast. Yeah. It's just like th this guy was like six, four or six, five. He was probably close to 200 pounds. Like he was just like, he looked like a tight end basically. Yeah. Like, you're telling me you're going to go out and you're going to go swim two miles. Then you're going to go out and bike 112. And then you're going to go run 26. I'm like, that's awesome. Like you're a monster. Like you're towering over me and I'm looking up. I'm just like, this is insane. Like, yeah yeah wow so that kind of like inspired you you're like oh man I, I gotta yeah just like a you know a mentor like maybe not even meaning to be a mentor because i've mm -hmm. you know there's sometimes people in your lives that you just look up to and maybe you only met them a few times but you're like that person inspires me well seeing that guy i'm just like well i mean if that guy i mean he's you know a guy of good size i'm not fat or skinny by any means, but I'm like 200 pounds. So yeah. I, I always knew like about the Ironman competition, but 
he's just like, I knew that it's like, it's not coming anywhere to Iowa and it's not, I'm not, I don't have the financial backing to, you know, do all this and the time and the training. And then, you know, this thing's kind of slowly fell into place where it's like, I got a bike and then it's like, I kind of always had a swimming background just as a kid, just, I could swim. Like, that's it. Like you just doggy paddle and put your head yeah. down and just kind of breathe. Just don't, don't die. That's just, <laughs> that's just the uh, Iowa mentality of learning to swim. It's just, just you don't just die. Kicked, yeah. Just get kicked into a pool and figure it out. Yep. You know? Yep. So it just, it's it just slowly happened where it's each one fell into place and it's just like started putting them together. It's like, well, I can ride a bike. I can, I can run and then I can swim. And then just slowly, like the, when it came to Des Moines, like, well, now it's, it's time to do it. You know, I I found, I found a bike on Craigslist. It's not the greatest bike in the world. It's definitely been around the block, but it works for what I got to do. You know? Yeah. Is it intimidating when you show up and especially like, I have to imagine I've never done an Ironman, I've never been there, but you show up and there's all these people with all this oh this yeah equipment and all that. Is that like an intimidating moment or it what? is is it is very intimidating because it's like I would lo- love to have like a really nice bike because I know it's like for what I ride, I mean I I'm I'm just a few miles an hour slower than some of the guys that have these super nice bikes. I'm like, yeah. man, if I had an extra ten thousand dollars to throw on a bike, I would I would be in front of these guys. Yeah, yeah. There, I have to tell you a funny story. The, uh, the first Des Moines half Ironman, there was a lady. She rented one of the B cycle bikes with the basket on the front and ra- <laughs> and racked that, and she used that to ride fifty six miles. And I love about, that. Yeah, yeah. She did. She was just like, ah, I'm just gonna ride this big old heifer thing. And I think, dude, I, I love that because you're also not only battling a half Ironman, but you're battling like the looks from people oh yeah <laughs> like they have to I be think, like, i'm pretty sure she finished and i think because someone posted a picture of it they're like check out this bike that's racked in like you know t1 and then someone's like yeah i saw the same lady outside smoking cigarettes at a bar <laughs> like the night before i was like probably she's probably that lady i'm gonna put it out there if anyone knows who this is i would love to interview her at some point because that's <laughs> incredible <laughs> I just love that. Like, it's just the, like, cause that's, that's the thing for me. I think that's, and probably for a lot of people that's intimidating about triathlons and Ironman is there are these, um, hurdles you have to get over, you know, at least for me mentally, like I have, it's the equipment hurdle. I think that's a big point of entry, but to see someone who's just like, screw it, man, I'm just going to get this like random bike and just go. Like, I, I think. It takes a lot of courage. Inspiring. Yeah. In like a weird way. That's super inspiring. You know, I know I, I, I feel like I didn't have the right stuff to get there, but once you get there and like, you see like there's the top end stuff and then there's middle end stuff and it's kind of lower end stuff, but there's still out there doing it. It's just like when you go to an endurance event, it's like, there's people of all different shapes and sizes. And yeah, it's just like, if they're doing it, they don't care. It doesn't matter. It's just their own preference. And if that's what they want to use and that's what they want to use. I love that dude. What, um, what kind of lessons have you learned through the Ironman, uh, triathlons? Uh, definitely just nutrition. Nutrition is definitely like the key thing. And I mean, I feel like once you reach a certain level of fitness and endurance, you just kind of keep it, you know, you kind of keep it. And if you don't do it for a while, you know, it, just, it doesn't 
you don't completely lose it. You just have to uncover it and it comes back. Yeah. But you reach that certain level of fitness and then you just have to learn to keep hydrating and adding nutrition. And you're just, if you stay in that zone too, you're just going to keep going and going and going. It's what's, what do they say? It's like, you're just constantly working and recovering at the same time. You're in this, this endless loop of recovery and it's just, you can go all day and all night, as long as you keep, you know, rehydrating nutrition and, you know, making sure like socks and blisters and everything like that are taken care of. But yeah. Did you, you learn just, that you just, through trial and error or what? Uh, yeah. So um, just, I, I always change my socks out. Like if I were put on my bike shoes, I'd wear these socks on my bike shoes. And then when I go out of the run, I would, you know, lather up feet and then put on a different pair of shoes, dif- well, different socks and yeah, go out. But I, I haven't really had issues with blisters like some people have, and I'm really lucky, but I know those can be a, a really pain. You just jinxed yourself, dude. And well, I, I, I always like my, what I do or what I did for some of my races, like I, I don't use any other product besides just Vaseline because yeah. I can buy a whole bunch of it for really cheap. And I just, I just lathered in between my toes and I buy the Bolega socks. They're really yeah. nice and they, I, they're perfect, but yeah. I haven't had any issue and my toenails don't turn black. I don't, I had, I'm, I'm, you've never had the joy of just pulling off a toenail. No, I have not. I'm, I'm really lucky in the feed department. (laughs) The, the toenail pull off thing is just weird, man. Like it's an experience everyone should have once. I think, I don't know how some, I don't know. I'm just, my toes are like perfectly evenly. They just, (laughs) that's amazing. Dude, what about like the nutrition stuff, like, did you research that or was that just figuring out as you went? No, I, I mean, I kind of read some stuff online about how much stuff you're supposed to take in, but you know, just, I tried to not overdo it, but I, like, I just tried to keep something in me like, like every, you know, four to five miles or something every hour just, yeah. and then, and then that, that very first full Ironman we did in Des Moines, it was like 101 degree heat index. So, I mean, and then it didn't happen until the run. So it was cloudy all day and then the run hit and then it was just death, death march in the humidity. So it's just like, there's all these people that are dropping out of the race. IV bags are being held up on the side of the course and ice bags are going everywhere. And I was just like, okay, just don't die. Yeah. That's what, you know, being in Iowa and dealing with the heat and humidity, it's just like, we've been here before. This is just like a normal day. So it just... Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Dude, that's 101 heat index in Iowa with the humidity and all that yeah, is just wild. I mean, it's, it's, I know it, people from other states are like, 101, that's not that hot. And when you get to Iowa and it's no, it's all humidity, it's, there's no oxygen. So it's like you have the heat and no oxygen. So it's just the heat is almost like weighing you down and it's, it's a wet heat. It's oh. just, that's why I feel like I do so good in the elevations because I, I run in the, in the humidity and yeah. it just, I'm not used to, you know, the air is low. So you just, you're always used to feeling like you're sucking through a straw yeah. and just t- yeah. taking those, feels like you're taking huge breaths, but you're not getting in the air, but. Dude, dude. Yeah. That, I, that th- there's nothing. See, here's the thing about Iowa. It gets the worst of both seasons. Like oh, yeah. summer you have to be, is insane. You have to be, let, 
hardy person to live in yeah. Iowa and like the Midwest, Minnesota, because it's like it's super hot and it's super cold, and you get like <laughs> two weeks that are really nice, and that's it. Those two weeks, though, man, are so good. That's the thing. Like, oh, I yeah, went, I went back for a Iowa game, uh, football game last fall with my dad, and I just hit the perfect fall weekend, and I got oh, yeah. so nostalgic. Just so much of like, I went to a rugby game at Iowa. I went to a football game. I was so, I went to like our you, favorite place for chicken wings, the vine. You probably had, you probably had a sweatshirt and shorts on and you were at peace with everything. Oh, so good. <laughs> and the whole time I had to remind myself like, dude, remember when you were in college, you were constantly stressing about tests or papers or all that stuff. You know, I had to keep my, keep my nostalgia in check a little bit, but uh, dude, oh, yeah. what? Okay. So. I want to hear about the Mines of Spain 100, your yep. first 100 miler. You took it on this fall. Uh, it's in Dubuque, Iowa, which is an absolutely beautiful town right on the banks of the Mississippi. Um, what was that experience like? And, you know, now you're hooked to 100 milers. So I want to hear about yeah, why. I, I'm, I'm probably definitely going to do the Mines of Spain again. Is that great? It oh, was, really? No way. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's just because it's like less than two hours away from me. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, I can bring all my stuff there. I can drive there. There's yeah. some water parks. I'm right. My family and kids can go and hang out afterwards. Dude, you're talking me into Mines of Spain 100. Hold on. I'm like yeah. looking it up as we, as we talk to see when it is, but uh, October 18th this year, 2024. Okay. okay. All right. I'll think it, about, I'll put it. So the, the mines, the mines is five 20 mile loops and it runs along the banks of Mississippi and it's called the Mines of Spain, like recreational park. Yeah. But it's 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 uh it's hilly, it's technical, there's stairs, but it's it's in that late season of October where the leaves are all changing and it's cool and it's it's warm and the sun's out and it's just is perfect. Like yeah. I uh I they have this the start and finish is in a park. There's two playgrounds there for kids that want to go and hang out and play. It's it's perfect. Like everything about it, they knocked it out of the park. I can't say enough positive things about this race. It was yeah. just it's everything I needed it to be, and it was just I had the best time doing Especially it. Especially with your family there, and I I know for when when I think about my kids and me doing ultra running, like I want them to be able to spend a day outside. I that's always an important part to me is that they get to have an experience of just hanging out outside whether it's you know at an aid station you know sitting in chairs eating snacks or or running around well most likely running around because they're kids but uh yeah, but yeah to have a playground there is just perfect so it's five 20 mile loops and it starts and finishes at this park and you go out and you know you do one loop and you get to the 10 mile mark which is like the halfway point of the first you know of a loop and they've yeah. got like a skeleton in a chair when they have all the bib you got to punch your bib every every loop then show that you went through the that loop sense. Yeah. system so that you go through and you punch your bib and you come back and show them that you did this and they have this spot where you set up your camp and your tent and all your supplies they call it crewville and there's just it's tense and it's real close to the start and finish line so all you gotta do is come in check in and then dip off the road and it's like yo change your socks go change your shoes you know grab something to eat and they've got food and all the aid stations like the close like the furthest aid station on the course was like maybe four or five miles away from the other aid station yeah so you didn't have to go like 10 or 15 miles to get to the next one you just had to go you know maybe an hour if you're just 
trotting through the woods but yeah it was it was perfect it was it was so fun i i think about it all the time and then so when the sun goes down and it turns to dark so they have all the uh the course by the aid stations they're all lit up with like led lights like the glow stick lights and they have yeah. like the bl- balloons with the lights tied off to the branches and they have music playing and they got disco balls going and yeah. strobe lights and it's just like it's like this trippy thing in the woods that nobody knows about except for the people that are out there and it's just it's so awesome that's was, i love that aspect of ultra running it's like if some random person decided to go on a night hike they would be like what is going oh yeah on? they would be like yeah but it's so it's so crazy because they it looks like that throughout the night and then you know come morning the sun comes up and then you know people come out because it's saturday and there, there's there's families out there and like they have no idea what just transpired out here like 12 hours ago this place was a zoo like you have no idea <laughs> what um did you have any like low points at all or was it all pretty were you able to keep pretty even throughout it yeah i i i just took it slow it was a 33 hour cutoff and i just knew that if if i just you know kept like 10 mile 10 minute mile pace you know i would be all right and i wasn't worried about the cutoff time i just i was more worried about how my body was going to handle like after 50 miles because i only did 50 up until then so i I just took it easy and I, you know, kind of listened to my body and just, I kept, you know, I just did what was comfortable. So there came a time at like mile, I don't know, 70 ish, between 70 and 80. And then one of those last final loops in my, I had power banks back at my campsite that I would like plug my headlamps and everything into, but I didn't charge my watch, my watch. I, I've never taken it this far. So it was like yeah. uncharted territory. And all, all of a sudden my watch clicked on, it said 10% remaining. I had like 10 miles to get back to my camp. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, all my miles are going to be lost. All my Strava credit is gone. Like I'm going to lose, I'm going to have to do hundred miles again because I'm going to lose all of this time and effort. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, ah. I'm like, okay, 10%. I got 10 miles. I just, I'll just, I'll go as hard as I can to get back to my camp. That's site amazing. So I get this. So I just like, I had those, uh, over ear headphones going at the time so I could hear and everything, but I like, I put on a playlist and I just like zoned out and I just like booked it back. And I was just like listening to the Terminator theme song, just like (laughs) climbing, climbing out of the woods with my trekking poles, just, and I hear I am just, and I just, I finally am just like usually when you come back into the finish the start finish they're all clapping and cheering for you and they you know kind of say a few things i just like completely like into the start finish beeline over to my campsite just like start stripping off all my stuff i'm like hurry get it plugged in plug it in (laughs) got my watch plugged in it had three percent left and i was like oh thank god i'm gonna i'm gonna see the end that's amazing dude that's probably Uh, their strategy you know they're like hey we're going to like tell this guy that he only has 10% left. So he'll like get his butt in gear and just go. Oh my gosh. I was, I was like, I went through, like, I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to lose all of my stuff. I'm going to have to do this race all again next year, just so I have to get the hundred mile like badge and everything. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I, it was like a two minute window. I'm just like, no, I'm going to make it back. I'm going to make it back before this, this watch dies. Dude, that's, that's actually like a cool, like, uh, external motivation to have at that point. Cause 
I'm assuming at that point you're beat up, you're tired, you're like I completely needed it. wiped I, out. Yeah, exactly. Like a little mission. That was, it was like one of my faster like loops too. It's like, God, I did it all for my watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool. Like there's so many people out there talking and just having a good time and just people are so friendly and so encouraging to other people. And like I brought headphones along and I didn't turn them on and I was, well, I was going to turn them on, but I got talking to so many people. It's like, I don't even need them. Like I, every time I tried to put my headphones on where there was a period of time where like, I'm just running by myself, I would just come up on somebody or somebody would come up with me. And then we'd start talking. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to take these headphones off. Like there's not any point in when you're wearing them. Yeah. Was but it they, mostly people from Iowa or is there people kind of from uh, all around a lot the Midwest? of, a lot of people from Wisconsin, just because okay. it's so close to yeah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. I mean, there's a couple Colorado people out there. I saw, and then you, you just guys that it's so funny. Cause there's that, you know, the Instagram page that you're Scott Jurek, your, your boy, Scott yeah, Jurek. Your boy. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a meme. It's like, the sh- cause I got brand new, like Nike trail running shoes. So just to go run this race. And then there, I got passed by some guy like beat up lawn mowing shoes, like the new balances. I'm like, God, that guy. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. What, um, so what did that last loop feel like? You know, how did that, uh, how did you feel coming into the finish line? It was, it was awesome. So I, I clocked off the 80, 80 miles. I had one loop to go to get to hundred. And I, you have to go through all these stairs up and down these stairs just to like get into like the actual trail. So you have to go like buy this water treatment plant down this road. And it smells like sewage for like the first like two miles. So it's like, yeah. hurry up, get past all this stuff. Then you get in the woods. Also motivation stairs. to speed up. Yeah. Yep. And then you're, you're in the thick of it. And I knew that when I was coming back and I was coming up those stairs, like that's when like that Terminator theme song was coming on. And I was just like, I'm crawling out of the woods. I'm up out of the stairs. And it's like, I can see the, I can see the road leading up to the park. And it's like, we're going to do this. We're going to yeah. do this. We're going to finish. And it's like the next day and the sun's out and I'm just, I got my trekking poles and it's just like, I don't know. There's just the amount of like confidence that just slowly builds up into you. It's like, I was fighting like, tears of emotion because i yeah. knew that i was i was through the worst of it i could see the finish line i wanted to cry but it's like at the same time i was like no i'm not crying i'm gonna finish this but at the same time i was like it's okay you can cry no i'm not i'm not gonna cry and i was like teetering doing this like i finally was just like got to the point i'm just like is there is it and my family was there waiting for me and it was so fun it was awesome did you cry though that's the big question uh, there, there's there's a few tears of emotion that, that came out it's just like i let him go i was like i'm just i i earned it i'm gonna do it <laughs> i love that dude that's awesome so your family they're all hyped up and psyched and everything yeah they they uh my dad he helped crew me throughout the night so my uh mom and then my sister she drove in from chicago my wife had a softball tournament with our daughter in des moines that week and so i was kind of facetiming them throughout yeah but yeah, my dad would help. He would stay there. He would go to the hotel and then come back because it took me like three hours or four hours just to go do a loop and come back. So we kind of knew time-wise like what time I was going to come around back through the campsite. And he would just kind of hang out with me and help me, you know, organize some stuff and keep me company because I would just, I'd get back to my campsite and sit down and, you know, talk to him for a little bit while some people were just like in and out, like 
yeah. no time to talk. Just grab what I need. I'm out. And yeah. I, I, I took like 20 minutes when I came back. I just would sit down and talk to him for a little bit and, you know, just check in. And then when I felt okay, I would just get back out there and go. But That's awesome. It was, it was, it was, it was everything I needed for my first hundred mile race. And it was perfect. And I would recommend everybody to, to do the mine. Just, it was so fun. And the people that put it on, they're so great. And the, and the aid stations were everything that like you would expect an Iowa aid station and an ultra race to be like, they had everything. I was like, this is like, I felt like a graduation party. Cause there's like, we got cake, <laughs> we've got, you know, there's chili over here. Yeah. We got pizza over here. Yeah. And then they've got all the tailwind and gels and goos. And it was like a Costco buffet spread out in front of you and all the snacks and candy. And it was awesome. That's amazing. And the whole, I, I was looking up uh, Mines of Spain rec- recreation area before we got to talking, but um, it looks absolutely beautiful. And as it, a person who grew up on the banks of the Mississippi, like it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a gem like it's a secret gem in the united states is just going up to the dubuque i gotta throw out muscatine just because i love wildcat den that's like a great place to go but like it doesn't look like what you'd expect it's just you know com- completely forested but also hilly and overlooking the mississippi like it looks beautiful and a lot of people said like oh you better people prepare for a lot of stairs and a lot of steps. I mean, there was some stairs and there was some steps and some technical stuff, but I didn't feel like it was terrible. You know, like it was, it was like, okay, it's like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. You know, I wasn't, you weren't literally just on steps the entire time. It it was, it was awesome. Like I, I loved every, every aspect of it. I loved every turn on it. It was, it was great. It wasn't as, steep as you know some of them out there but i mean it still had like fourteen thousand feet elevation throughout the whole thing yeah but i mean it was what they say is it's it's a great first time 100 miler for like your your first one heck yeah man so you were talking about maybe going back this year what other races are kind of on your radar or are you signed up for anything else or anything like that uh just right now just the des moines half ironman i'm signed up for that i'm always wanting to try and get to boston is always on there yeah just i just i'm not fast enough like i can i can run a 640 mile you know back to back but like that third or fourth time i just I slowly just like yeah. just start falling off and it's just i'll get there i just i have to find a right training plan and devote like an entire year of just that, just that. yeah but, for sure. I, but when i don't do like the mines or for uh, another endurance race, I feel like I'm cheating myself out of the year because I'm focusing on just that one. Yeah, I mean, Boston is is really big, and I'll I'll get there eventually. But I just kind of like to experience all of them. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, so awesome. Just, yeah, just the Des Moines half right now. But I'll 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 probably sign up for the mines. But there's the same group that puts the mines on. They have another one over by Muscatine called the Loud Thunder Fifty. Okay, it's um. Probably, I think it's like in April or something. But they, it's where's like it at? It's I think it's called like Illinois City. Oh yeah, okay. It's like right over by there. It's a but it's across in Illinois. I think so, dude. Yeah. So I know there's this story, and I might have said it on the podcast already, and I can't remember at this point. But uh, I remember reading this crazy news story where this guy was in jail in Muscatine 
and they took him to the Muscatine Hospital, and he escaped from the hospital, and he was wearing like a, a like a hospital gown, you know, and he ran across the uh, the bridge over the river to Illinois, and it might have been in the same park that you're talking about. They found him like the next day. Uh, some hikers found him like terrified, like hiding because he was like getting chased by coyotes almost naked in a, in a hospital gown. And I'll never forget that story in all of my life. And I don't know why I just find it fascinating to uh, to <laughs> just to be thinking like, what would it be like to try to survive in the woods in a hospital gown while there are a bunch of coyotes around? I just think that's so yeah, that, that sounds if you like run the, that race, you know, keep that in mind, you know, that, that sounds like the story from like the, the Barkley, the guy that escaped from prison and he, <laughs> he spent all day and all night out in the woods and he only went like two miles. <laughs> That's exactly it. Dude, I feel like it's that it was that loud thunder, uh, recreation area. So, um, if you do that race, you know, you have to keep that in mind as you go. Oh yeah. But um, leading up to the mines, I, I reached out to a couple guys that you had on the podcast before just to yeah. get some of their input. So I, I bought a pair of shoes. Um, well, I talked to Brad Danes at fitness sports. Cause oh, Brad's he, awesome. Yeah. He, I was like, I don't know what I want to wear. I'm like, I, I was looking at these pair of Hoka's, but I ended up going with the Zagamas from Nike and he kind of helped kind of narrow my, you know, search down a little bit. And he's always been good to follow on Instagram. And, oh yeah. He's cool. and, and watch his stories and see what he's up to. He's a good ambassador for the community. And he's going to talk you uh, into Boonville, dude. I know. I, I was signed up to do the Boonville before COVID hit back mm. when they would do, would do it in uh, Memorial day weekend. Yep. And then they, they pushed it to labor day weekend. And then we have all those birthdays the first weekend mm. of September. So I've got three birthdays, like right off the bat. So it's, it's I can't yeah. make it in, in September. So Brad, if you're listening, move it back to Memorial day. <laughs> Meg, we like, I'd rather do Boonville when it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> he's like done. And he, you're, he's going to be out there just for you. It'll just yeah, be, I'll, you do, running I'll go do it by degrees. myself. I'll do it by myself if he'll come out there and watch me. <laughs> and then awesome, um, across across the creek, Nick, I talked to him a little bit. Just oh, trying Nick's to get cool some, too. Yeah, some perspective from him on you know the hundred mile distance and just the mindset you have to you know go in there with. And and then uh, Paul Noble, I talked to him a little bit. He Dude. was going to come out and he was going to come out and crew me or pace me for the last one. But Iowa was playing Minnesota that weekend, the infamous game with the fair catch. It's not a fair catch. Not and, a fair he, catch. He was like, oh, I, I got tickets to the Iowa game and taking my grandpa. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll, I've got no worries about finishing this. Well, he got to witness the greatest play ever that did yep. count as a play because the guy's hand, Cooper DeGene's hand twitched a little bit. Yeah. In the most yeah, bogus call ever. Yeah, but. it was completely. <laughs> I, I was watching that in the hotel room, like post, I was like five or six hours after the race. And I was just like, in that like haze of like what what day it is what time it is and i'm just like what happened <laughs> that's the weirdest way to watch that game but to be fair i was as i was watching i'm like iowa shouldn't have won that game you know to be to be fair but like they took away the craziest punt return i've ever seen oh like, yeah it, it's rough and then we got blown out of the bowl game 
So I don't. Yeah, man. I left in the middle of the bowl game and went for a run because I was like, I don't think I can watch any more of this game. It yeah. it it pretty much destroyed me on football. I think for the rest of the year, we'll see what happens. But well, at least we have Caitlin Clark to look forward to, and Hawkeye uh, wrestling always delivers. So it's we've got some winter stuff going. We do. Winter will be great. Winter is coming for Iowa, and it's going to be amazing. But uh, Derek, where can people kind of like follow along on your future adventures and all that? Uh, uh, my Instagram usually is where I put up most of my stuff, you know, my extended family and family think I'm crazy because I'm always posting stuff, but <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, just, just my first and last name on Instagram is it. And, and I, I try to work out every morning to kind of put like a Jocko theme on my yeah. stuff. So I'm yeah. always going like with the black and white and the four thirty, and it just kind of keeps me, you know, at, you know, locked in a little bit and yeah. keeps me honest so for it's sure like, man i draw i draw some motivation from him and the other guys like goggins and cameron yeah. Haynes and, and sally mcray and you know, the whole the whole nick bear group and oh yeah man well definitely like uh it's just between all those people it's a challenge of who's gonna wake up the earliest i feel like, <laughs> you know yeah but when oh, you're yeah. able to wake up earlier than one of them, you do feel good. So, oh yeah, know. definitely. Yep. <laughs> but uh, awesome, Derek. Well, uh, dude, let me know if you're back out here. You don't even have to bring corn next time. Like we can, <laughs> I'll bring something. You know, okay. I'll bring a casserole. Bring casserole or some scotcheroos. You know. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm down for any of those. But awesome, man. It was awesome talking with you. I can't wait to see what you do in the future. And yeah, we'll yeah, catch definitely. up sometime soon. We'll we'll definitely get a run in again soon. I know we will. All right. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go in, check out our library. Uh, we've done a bunch of them. Uh, I bet you'll find some other ones that you'll like or connect with. Um, and then huge thanks to Derek for, for joining us. Uh, that was awesome, man. I'm always super inspired. Uh, as a dude who has been running a long ways for a long time now and yet has never pulled the trigger on the 100 mile distance anytime i talk to somebody who uh has taken on their first 100 man i uh i feel like each time it just is like a stair step closer in my brain of being like maybe maybe that's something that i want to try um so Derek, you're an inspiration to me, man. So keep it up, dude. Uh, you ever have like a super obvious moment of karma? You know, you ever like put something really good out there and have that goodness like boomerang right back to you um, at some point? Uh, because I had an experience this week and it was super interesting and it honestly has made my uh, my week it's made my week so um and it ties into this podcast which is kind of cool so basically i'll give you kind of like the quick summary um over the last few months actually since school started which is funny because we talk about the very first day of school in this episode uh when i ran with derek uh but this year there has been such a shift in my schedule. Like my schedule shifted by quite a bit 
where instead of wrapping up my day at three, I'm now wrapping up my day and I'm not really home till about five. And when I sit down and record the podcast, like I like, I like to try to do all these things, like whether it's ultra running, um, you know, like lifting weights, training, uh, recording the podcast like I like to do it in a way that doesn't really affect my time with my family and my kids and my wife um, as much as possible you know and and so I would always record this podcast somewhere between three and five um, and then have the rest of the night to be like dad mode you know um so that's what I've done for like six years, like up and leading up until this fall. That was always the plan with the show. Um, and that way I could do it and it wouldn't like affect family time. Well, this year's schedule change really like threw that out and it took a while. And I think I'm getting close to figuring out how to how like my best strategies for this new schedule, but it took a while, right? Um, I'm still figuring it out and it's February and I'm finally feeling a little bit better about it, but it just took a long time to kind of figure out, okay, what's the best way to do this? And on top of that, like scheduling people for the podcast and all that, like it's just, it takes a little bit of extra work. You know what I mean? Um, and sitting down and recording the podcast and chatting with the people that we bring on is one of the biggest joys in my life. So when I'm doing that, when I'm in that moment, everything else goes away and I get to like completely focus on this conversation with this incredible human being. And I get to hear their stories and I get to like dive in. I get to ask questions. I get to figure out kind of like where I want, what I want to learn from this person. And that is easily like one of my most favorite things that I do every single week. Um, but it's, but the scheduling, the, all that other stuff, like it was starting to get just really, really hard. So Monday morning I woke up and I just had this like kind of pity party, but I was just like, man, like this, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this podcast and all this stuff? Right. Um, there's a lot that goes in that went into that. It, it might've just been, you know, just, I didn't have coffee yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but I was like throwing myself a little pity party. Um, and I was like, I don't even know anymore. Like that kind of thing. And then I later in the day, I got a message from Ryan Thornley and Ryan has listened to a whole bunch of the episodes and just reached out randomly and just said, Hey, I just want to tell you, thank you. And, and wrote this beautiful message to me, um, about how he's listened to a bunch of the podcasts and now he's signed up for his first big trail race, uh, which is 33 miles in Wales. And I was just like, dude, I, I messaged him back. I'm like, dude, I needed that. That comment, that message was perfectly timed because it's just been really stressful 
working this into my my schedule in ways that it hasn't been in the past, you know? And so I said I was going through a moment of doubt this morning and throwing myself a pity party. And this definitely like reinvigorated me. Um, and Ryan, since that message, I've recorded three podcasts uh, that'll be coming out over the next month or so. Um, and they're all really good. And I'm very excited for each one of them. Um, but I was like, man, what a example of karma just boomeranging back to me, you know, like, hey, I'm going to put some good stuff out there, some goodness. Hopefully people connect to it. Hopefully they're inspired by it, you know. Um, and then on my moment of not feeling very inspired, not feeling like maybe feeling a bit disconnected from the purpose and the goal. Um, I get this message that comes back to me that ripples back to me. It's like the ripple effect somehow rippled back to me. And then I got inspired and I'm like super pumped for Ryan to go run his race and, and super honored that, that he took that away, that message away, because that's really the main goal. You know, the main goal is to spread that goodness. And the fact that, you know, someone out there actually is taking the messages away and applying it to their own lives and hopefully finding passion and finding excitement through adventure. Like that means the absolute world to me. So anyways, I thought it was a really interesting thing. I hope you all are out there. Like, I don't know the way I look at it. You can put out good stuff, goodness, or you can put out badness. And it ultimately boils down to that. And what are you going to put out? Because what you put out ripples out and it affects other people. And I know for me personally, I want to affect people in a positive way. So, um, and hopefully you all do too. And hopefully that's what, you know, helps make us like a human community at this point. So, um, anyways, that's, that wraps up the episode this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you're all out there. I hope you are um, kicking absolute butt during February because uh, February can get really hard. Uh, it's just the midst of winter. Oh, yeah, I got to say this. The Super Bowls this weekend. And I know that we talked about football in this episode. So this is my link to football. Uh, we have a previous podcast guest. That's playing in the freaking Super Bowl for the second time in his career. And I am pulling for them so hard. So George Kittle, uh, we got to interview him before he went to the NFL. He was training for the combine. So if you are a fan of football at this point, we, we got to interview him on episode 22 of the podcast. And... I was very excited he was going to go to the NFL and have an NFL career. No idea about the NFL career he was going to have. No idea that he would become one of the best players in the sport. Um, and he is an absolute gem of a human being. Uh, I've always, always, always appreciated that guy. Um, and so I'm pulling hard for him to win the Super Bowl. Um this Sunday. So go Niners. We'll see what happens. Uh, but 
regardless, just proud of of the person that guy's become. So, um, yeah, you can go back, check that out too. Um, all right, that wraps up the episode. We will get back at you next week.